church family, would you take your Bibles now and turn to Proverbs chapter 22, Proverbs 22. And as you're doing that, I want to welcome our radio listeners, and I especially want to express a greeting to our radio listeners in Mississauga. This past week when I was at Toronto General Hospital, I crossed paths with some listeners uh, from the Mississauga area. And I just want to greet those dear folks and others who are listening today. Our theme, our theme is helps for a happy new year. This is the third message in this brief series, and it is the last message on this theme. We've been discovering some very important principles that uh, if you and I will live by them and follow them, we will be enriched and have a more happy and blessed new year. And so Proverbs 22 says this, Choose a good reputation over great riches. Being held in high esteem is better than silver or gold. The rich and poor have this in common. The Lord made them both. A prudent person foresees danger and takes precautions. The simpleton goes blindly on and suffers the consequences. True humility and fear of the Lord lead to riches, honor, and long life. Corrupt people walk a thorny, treacherous road. Whoever values life will avoid it. Direct your children onto the right path, and when they are older, they will not leave it. Just as the rich rule the poor, so the borrower is servant to the lender. Those who plant injustice will harvest disaster, and their reign of terror will come to an end. Blessed are those who are generous because they feed the poor. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your holy word, and I pray, O oh God, that you will use, you will use different Bible verses, you'll use this message, O oh God, to touch our hearts and our lives in a way that is especially relevant to each one of us. This is our prayer. I ask that you would just help us to live out these truths throughout this year, and in doing so, experience more joy, more blessings, more fulfillment, more happiness throughout this year. In Jesus' name we pray, amen, amen. Well, my friends, in the previous message last week from the first three verses, from the first three verses, we discovered these uh, truths, which uh, I've summarized for you on, on the big screen. So, we said that we, uh, we are to know, know that God is more concerned, he is more concerned that we grow in character and reputation than in our bank account. And that comes from verse one. And then when we move to verse two, we discovered that we need to treat each person as a special creation of the Lord. And then when we move to verse three, we discovered to use your good judgment and common sense to avoid unnecessary problems and troubles. And I think uh, Dr. Lisa was referring to this third truth. And I have this sneaky suspicion that the photo that was put up on that big screen, I have this suspicion that, that a, a young lady named Raven maybe had something to do with it. I'm not sure, I'm not sure, but... Uh, 
But I, yeah, the guy looks like he needs to lose a few pounds up there. <laughs> yeah, anyway, okay. So those are the truths we focused on last week. And if you missed that message, uh, you, can, you can listen to it from the website. No charge. Now we come to some more important truths from Proverbs 22. And the first truth I want to direct your attention to is this. Number one is live with a holy reverence towards the Lord and you will be blessed. And this obviously comes right out of verse 4 where we read, True humility and fear of the Lord lead to riches, honor, and long life. Now this is the New Living Translation. It's a translation of the Bible that was done from the original Greek and Hebrew back in, um, in the 1990s. Uh, the New International Version, a translation that was done in the 1970s, the New International Version translation says this. It says, Humility is the fear of the Lord. Its wages are riches and honor and life. And if you happen to be using the King James Version, which is a translation back from 1611, the translation says this, by humility and the fear of the Lord are riches and honor and life. Now think with me for a little bit about the word humility. It says true humility. Think with me about this word humility. I was very intrigued what I learned. Originally, this part of the Bible was written in Hebrew. The root meaning, the root meaning of the Hebrew word translated humility means to be bowed down, B-O-W-E-D, all right? The root word from the Hebrew means to be bowed down. To be bowed down before the Lord is to be what? To be reverent, reverent. And so the question is, do you and I have this bowing down attitude and spirit before the Lord? Do we have this sincere reverence towards our creator, towards our maker? Verse 4 goes on to say, true humility and fear of the Lord. Having fear of the Lord usually means in the Bible Having fear of the Lord means to have a holy reverence. That's what it's talking about. In another part in the Bible, Job chapter 37, verse 24 says, All who are wise show him, that is the Lord, all who are wise show him reverence. And so we need to ask ourselves this question. Do you and I show this beautiful reverence towards our Lord? And ultimately it is towards our Lord Jesus Christ because God Almighty came to earth in the person of Jesus. I like a particular definition of reverence which says this. Reverence is 
a feeling or attitude of deep respect, deep respect tinged with awe, A-W-E. Isn't that beautiful, Pastor Lisa? Reverence is a feeling or attitude of deep respect tinged with awe. May you and I have a feeling and an attitude of deep respect tinged with awe towards the Lord. And if you're not, if you're not that familiar with the word tinged, you can replace it. You can replace it, for example, with, with ringing. May you and I have a feeling and an attitude of deep respect for the Lord ringing with awe. Ringing with awe. Do you see what verse 4 says about the blessings? The blessings that are yours and mine when we live with this holy reverence towards the Lord. Look at verse 4 again. It says, true humility and fear of the Lord lead to riches, honor, and long life. Now to begin with, you can see that it talks about riches. We could call them material blessings. Material blessings. Proverbs 13, verse 21 says, blessings reward the righteous. Matthew 6, 33, in the New Living Translation says, seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously and he will give you everything you need. And some of you might be more familiar with that verse in the King James Version which says, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. Is there an amen in the house? Now I want to make sure, I want to make sure that all of you here in the sanctuary and I want to make sure that our radio and internet listeners understand that in the church of the Nazarene, we do not, we do not preach a prosperity gospel. I want to be clear about that. At the same time, our Holy Bible clearly tells us that God has special blessings for people who truly live with a holy reverence towards the Lord. Are we clear about that? Amen? Now sometimes those blessings might be material blessings. Sometimes the rewards might be social blessings. For those of you may be making notes, that's B. The material blessings were A. This is B. Social blessings such as honor. Verse 4. Verse 4 says, True humility and fear of the Lord lead to riches, comma, honor. Honor. The, the definition of honor, as most of you would know, is, is high respect. High respect esteem, E-S-T-E-E-M. 
Proverbs 29, verse 23 says, humility brings honor. My friends, when you and I live our lives with a holy reverence towards the Lord, there will be at least some people, some people who will honor you, who will have high respect for you, for, for your reverence towards the Lord, for your love for the Lord, for your commitment to the Lord. Mr. Walter Burridge was one of my first Sunday school teachers at the Kennedy Road Church of the Nazarene when I was a teenager. A few of you knew Mr. Burridge. He is in heaven. He's been in heaven for quite a few years now. Mr. Mr. Burridge would have been the first to tell you that he was not perfect, but I've always honored, I've always honored Mr. Walter Burridge. I've held him in, in high respect, high esteem, because he lived with a holy reverence towards the Lord. Amen? When, when I was in high school and uh, attending the University of Toronto, Reverend Don Nicholas was the minister at our Kennedy Road Church of the Nazarene here in Toronto. That's the church where I came to faith and trust in Jesus Christ. And so I've always had a great appreciation for our Kennedy Road Church family. And Reverend Nicholas's wonderful wife is Jerry. They are now retired, and Brother Nicholas is 82 years old. Both Reverend and Mrs. Nicholas would be the first to say that they are not perfect, but I've always honored Pastor Don and Jerry Nicholas. I have held them in high esteem and high respect because they, they lived and they continue to live with a holy reverence towards our Lord, with full consecration and full adoration and full love for our Lord Jesus Christ. This past fall, as most of you know, I was given what's called a sabbatical. I had some time off for my regular pastoral and preaching and administrative and visitation responsibilities. And towards the latter part of my sabbatical, using my wonderful aeroplan points, which I had saved up, I flew to Edmonton, Alberta. I flew to Edmonton, Alberta to visit with Reverend and Mrs. Nicholas for almost a week. I had especially wanted to see them because I had learned that Pastor Nicholas had been sick with cancer and also I had not seen them for many years. I wanted to just encourage him and his wife and pray for them and pray with them and, and thank him and thank his wife for being a great spiritual blessing to me across the years. I learned a lot from Reverend and Mrs. Nicholas about what it means, what it means to be a, a godly person 
and, uh, and a good pastor. And if by chance, if by chance they somehow end up hearing this message, I want to once again say thank you. Thank you, Pastor Don and Jerry Nicholas. And during, during my visit with Pastor and Mrs. Nicholas, most of the time we spent just talking around their kitchen table and talking in their living room before I got there over the phone. I remember he, he said, you know, we're just wondering how, how we can entertain you for, for those days. And I said, you know, hey, you don't have to entertain me. I don't want to be entertained. I just, I just want to see you. I just want to spend time with you. I, I just want to share, share some days with you. Now, I, I tell you all that to say this. I can't, I can't really explain it to you. I can't explain it to you why, but the highlight, the highlight of my sabbatical was my visit with Reverend and Mrs. Nicholas. I am very pleased to honor them in this message today. And I just reflect and think I would have had no idea, no idea until it actually happened that the highlight, the greatest highlight of my sabbatical was just spending time with this wonderful couple, Reverend and Mrs. Nicholas. My friends, live. Live with a holy reverence towards the Lord. And there will be some dear people who will honor you in their own little way. And I'd like to ask you as a church family today, again, I, I, I'm not sure if if. Pastor and Mrs. Nicholas will, will ever hear these words or, or this message, but would you just join me for a moment? Would you just join me for a moment and, and express some honor to Reverend and Mrs. Nicholas with me? Would you do that? Would you do that? Would you do that, church family? Amen. 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 Thank you. Thank you. Well, Proverbs 22, verse 4 tells us that a holy reverence towards the Lord leads to material blessings, that was A, and B, social blessings such as honor. And verse 4 also speaks of long life. So I'll just call that long life blessings. All right? That's what it says, verse, verse 4. True humility and fear of the Lord lead to riches, honor, and long life. Now some of you, some of you are thinking, Pastor Nick, does that mean everyone who has a holy reverence for the Lord will live uh, to be in the 80s, 90s, or 100s? I believe that it means in general, in general, most people will have a long life. But ultimately, ultimately, our time on earth is in God's hands. No matter who it is, whether it's me, you, whether it's a young person, an older person, the Bible says, my times are in your hands, O Lord. 
But I want to encourage, I want to encourage you to live with a holy reverence towards the Lord and to enjoy God's blessings, whatever they might be for you. Whatever they might be. And having lived life, I've discovered that God's blessings are, are, are varied, very, very different for different people. What is a blessing for you may be very different for the person across from you in the aisle. And, and that's just the way God works. God works. Amen? So, let me take you now to a second truth, a second truth uh, that we want to focus on from Proverbs 22, and it is this. Live a life of honesty. Live a life of honesty. Verse, verse 5. It comes out of verse 5. Except I'm focusing on the positive aspect of this instead of the negative, because verse 5 says... Corrupt people walk a thorny, treacherous road. Whoever values life will avoid it. Corrupt people walk a thorny, treacherous road. Whoever values life will avoid it. Now this, this verse is obviously talking about corrupt people. Corruption is generally defined as dishonest or fraudulent fraudulent conduct by those in power typically involving bribery psalm 51 verse 6 says but you desire honesty but you desire honesty from the womb that is from from birth from birth desire honesty amen and, and Proverbs, Proverbs 28, verse 6 says, Better to be poor, <clears throat> better to be poor and honest than to be dishonest and rich. Think with me for a moment on, on this truth of being honest. Live a life of, of honesty. I was, just, I was just wondering, this is, this is always kind of dangerous for a pastor to do this. It's dangerous because I never know what some of you will say or, or do. Um, but you know, as, as I thought about this principle of living a life of honesty, I just wonder if there, there might be a couple of you, a couple of you that might want to take one or two minutes and and tell us, tell us of, a, of an example, of an example in your own life or maybe your, your friend or your mom or your dad or brother or sister or someone, that, someone in whom you, you, just, you just saw such beautiful honesty being uh, demonstrated uh, that, that, that has just blessed you. Uh, an example of honesty that has touched your own heart and has been kind of just sticking in your, in your brain and just comes to your mind. Anyone want to take a moment or two to, to tell us, tell us of, of an example of honesty that comes to your mind? 
Anita, and whoever speaks, I want to ask you please to use the microphone and uh, have the microphone right up, right up to your mouth so that everyone can hear you properly. Okay, Anita? Yes. I was thinking about uh, an event Stephanie Silly and myself went to Malvern Shopping Mall. I think it was a North Frills one, Sunday, one Saturday. And as she checked out her groceries, I think the bill was a hundred and something dollars. And so when, and I think you paid by, was it a debit card? And when we got to the parking lot and as she's putting away her groceries, she realized the girl had only charged her like, let's say it was $125. The lady had just charged her $25. Wow. So I started to laugh. I, I said to her, what are you going to do? Man, I can't live with myself if I don't take this back to her. Sounds just like her. Yes. And so we walked back into the supermarket, went back to the same um, cashier, and correct me if I'm wrong, Stephanie is trying to explain to her. <laughs> and the girl is like, oh, no, um, I checked you. What, what was it she said? The learned is short. She would not tip. She would not charge her for the $100. And we had, like, at least six bags of groceries. And so we walk away with a clear conscience. At least I did. <laughs> but um, as, as we listen... Huh? Well, she actually did it? So you insisted, and Amen. she did it after all. Yes. But how many people would have done that? So I, I couldn't help but come up here to talk about that. So to me, that was honesty at its best. Thank you, Anita. That's a wonderful, wonderful example of honesty. Uh, yes, yes. Stephanie, why don't you stand so, and just turn around so folks can see who she was talking about, okay? All right, yes, yes, if you, you need someone to hold your wallet, uh, hold your purse, uh, hold your bank account, uh, you, you can depend upon Stephanie. Amen from back there. Anyone else want to give us a little example? We'll just take one more. Thank you, Anita, that was lovely. Okay, well, I, I'm sure a lot of you can give ex examples, and I could give examples too, but uh, whoever we are, wherever we find ourselves, let's live a life of honesty. Amen? Let's move on to our third truth, and it is this. Helps for a happy new year. Third truth is, train up your child in the way in which he or she should go. And this, this comes out of verse 6, where it says, verse 6 in the New Living Translation, direct your children onto the right path, and when they are older, they will not leave it. Direct your children onto the right path, and when they are older, they will not leave it. Or some of you might be more familiar with the King James Version translation, which, which says, Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. Now, this verse is probably referring to two major aspects of raising a child. 
And here are those two major aspects. Anyone making notes? A, it's talking about give your child moral training. All right? Give your child moral training. In other words, help your child learn the, the principles of right and wrong behavior. One Bible scholar commenting on this verse says this, says, this verse expresses one of the strong points of the Hebrew sages. Their insistence on the moral training of the child by the parents. This training must start early when the mind of the child is impressionable. This training must start early when the mind of the child is impressionable. And I want to praise the Lord for the wonderful ways in which I have seen so many of you across the years trying to give your children and someone else's children some moral training. And even this morning during prayer time, even this morning during prayer time, it's not totally directly connected, but it is in a way. It was just wonderful, wonderful to see one of our ladies come up with her granddaughter. As a grandma came up, she came up with her little granddaughter beside her to, to pray and be at the altar. What does that do? What does that do? Now, I know most of our children are in kindergarten church and nurseries and junior church. But when your child is with you in a sanctuary like this and you bring your child up during prayer time, that little boy or that little girl begins to get the idea of what? Okay, in church, we go to this place called the altar. And whether we kneel or we stand, it is a place of prayer. Amen? Amen? So, church family, let's continue. Continue to give our children the moral training. Now, this verse also, also, let's read it one, one more time. Verse 6, direct your children onto the right path, and when they are older, they will not leave it. This verse is also talking about, or can be interpreted to, to mean... Point B, seek to discover your child's natural strengths and cultivate them. Seek to discover your child's natural strengths and, and, and cultivate them. I like what the commentator in the New Living Translation Life Application Study Bible says about verse 6. He says this, he says, In the process of helping our children choose the right path, we must discern differing paths for each child. It is natural to want to bring up all our children alike or train them the same way. This verse, verse 6, this verse implies that parents should discern the individuality and special strengths that God has given each child. Each child has natural inclinations that parents can develop. And so what this is talking about is this. Moms, dads, grandparents, as your little ones are growing up, look for, look for 
the, the tendencies, the inclinations, the interests that they are showing and, and, and cultivate those gifts in them. Help them, help them to discover what those gifts are and, and, and focus on them and, and just encourage them. Um, there's, there's a way in which when we as adults are sensitive to our children, we will discover what those gifts are, what those preferences of our children are. And of course, I'm not talking about negative things. Obviously, negative things need to be corrected. But there are strengths that each child has, and we are to train up our child in the way, in the way in which he or she has been endowed, we might say, with the Spirit of God. Amen? Amen. Let's go to our fourth truth, and it is this. Be careful, be careful not to spend more money and not to borrow more than is necessary. Of course, this really doesn't apply to anyone here. It's just to other people in Toronto who are trying to pay credit card bills uh, after Christmas, right? But this truth comes out of verse 7, verse 7, which says, just as the rich rule the poor, so the borrower is servant to the lender. And that inspires me to say, let's be careful not to spend more money and not to borrow more than is necessary. Amen? Amen? The average North American family, or we might say the average North American family's ambition seems to be that of making as much money as we're spending. Right? And the best advice, the best advice for the average North American family is this. I don't know who said this originally, but here's something to remember. Act your wage. Act your wage. Act your W-A-G-E. Amen? As we live out this fourth truth, it will help us, help us to live and have a happier new year. The fifth truth is this. Treat people fairly. Treat people fairly. There's a lot that can be said here, but I won't say too much. It comes out of verse 8. Verse 8 says, Those who plant injustice will harvest disaster, and their reign of terror will come to an end. To just simplify it and really kind of put it in a nutshell... It boils down to treat people fairly. Treat people fairly. If you are an employer, treat people fairly. Parents, parents, as you raise your children, whether they're younger or older, treat your children fairly. I remember when our, our two children, Amy and Jeremy, are obviously now grown up, but it, 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 
uh, it was interesting when they were little and uh, we were raising them, it was interesting how, for some reason, especially Jeremy, our son, occasionally, I mean, he was a good boy. Most of you saw him grow up here in church. He was usually a very good boy. But occasionally when he misbehaved, his mother and I felt that some appropriate discipline needed to be uh, given to him so that he would better learn right from wrong. And what I remember is sometimes when we would decide upon some form of discipline, Jeremy would say, Dad, that's not fair. That's not fair, Dad. And I would say, why, why Jeremy? Why, why is that not fair? Well, what I did really wasn't that bad, Dad. So you need to be more fair. So then I would have a little talk with him, and I would say, okay, Jeremy, let's talk about what, is, what would be or what should be the fair punishment, the fair discipline or correction? And so I would literally talk with him and in a sense negotiate, negotiate. And they actually turned out to be good discussions. Some of you have probably done this with your children too, haven't you? You, you kind of negotiate. Um, uh, <laughs> what? Never. Who said Never. <laughs> Raven, your mother has never negotiated? <laughs> well, I'll leave that between you and your mom. But, you know, your mom is such a lovely, wonderful, beautiful, reasonable, reasonable mother. I, 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 I just can't see her being unfair, right? Would you, Jenny, say amen? Right. No, but, but I'm just being honest. So different times I would negotiate with Jeremy. And, and the good news is, the good news is, you know, I would say, okay, what do you think is the, the appropriate penalty here? And, and he, would, he would tell me. He would tell me. He was actually very good about that. And so we would come to this agreement. Okay, Jeremy, that's, that's going to be your discipline then. Okay, Dad, that's fair, Dad. That's fair, <laughs> That's fair. The reality is there, there's, this, um, there's this wanting or this sense of wanting to be fair in almost all of us. Isn't that true? Marvin, you want to be fair? Okay, you know, you know the culture back uh, across the ocean there, all right? The folks there deal with the issue of fairness too, right? Uh, if you, when you buy something, when you buy something, you want, you want it to, be, to what? To be fair, to be fair, right? I remember a few years ago, a few years ago when we had that big ice storm, the big ice storm, and all the salt disappeared, all the salt, well, sold out in all the stores, or most of the stores. Normally, you could buy a bag of salt for about, I don't know, two to four dollars, but after it was sold out, I remember, I remember finding some salt at a store, at a store, and they were unfair, because the regular price used to be 2 to $4, and this store was selling it for almost $30 a bag. That's not fair. And I, and I thought, you know what, guys? You know what? I'm never going to shop in your store again because you are, you are abusing people. You are trying to make a big profit 
during a, a, a very difficult storm in the life of our city. Fair. Fair is fair. I wasn't sure whether to, whether to tell you about this little example here. Maybe I'll tell it to you and see if you have any sympathy for me. <laughs> you probably won't have sympathy, but... I felt, I felt I was unfairly treated this past week in a situation. I, I was at the Toronto General Hospital with one of our men who had major surgery. And then I, um, after, after they, they took him in, after we had prayed, read scripture and prayed, and, and after they took him in for the surgery, and I had told him in advance that I was going to have to leave to go to a funeral. And so I left, I left the hospital and I was going south on Bay, Normally, I'll go south on Bay, and then I'll turn left. On, I'll want to go on Adelaide. Adelaide will connect me to the Don Valley Parkway. But anyway, without messing you up, to get, to get to Adelaide, I have to go along a side street. I think it's called Temperance, uh, because you can't make a left turn on Adelaide. But here, here, here's what happened. I, I turned on this street called Temperance. and I mean, I, I go along there often when I'm coming home from the downtown hospitals, so I'm very familiar with the street. I turned on Temperance, and there was a truck. There was a truck that was loading and unloading things, and that would have been fine, that would have been fine, except that there was another vehicle parked on the other side, and it's a narrow street, and so I couldn't get through. I couldn't get through, literally. And so I thought, okay, all right, I'll just pull over to, you know, pull over and, and just wait for the truck to move or whoever owns that car to move because I can't really go back because there were people behind me. And so there, I, I don't know, I was there maybe three, four minutes at which time the people with the truck kind of realized that they were blocking traffic and, and they then moved the truck so that there was some space to go between the truck and the other parked car. So anyway, I started, I started then to move, move, and just as I passed, just as I passed the truck, I, I saw a phone call from our secretary and um, our secretary normally doesn't call me when I'm at hospitals or on the road unless it's really necessary. So I knew that she wasn't just calling to say, how's the weather downtown, okay? Uh, but this past week, I, I've, I've, been, um, I've been using a borrowed car from the wonderful mechanic. My car is in the shop getting repaired, and the mechanic kindly loaned me this uh, loaner car that he, he kindly has available. And so I've been using it, but what it means is I, 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 I'm not able to answer the phone hands-free, okay? When I have my vehicle, I'm able to answer the phone hands-free, and that's how you're supposed to use the phone if you're on the road. But anyway, so I'm in, I'm in the car, the phone rings, 
and to, to do what's, I think, proper procedure, I, I just passed the truck and I thought, I'll pull to the right. I'll just pull, you know, and answer the phone. So I answered the phone, I answered the phone, and uh, Raven told, told me that one of our, she just got word that one of our ladies was taken to emergency at a particular hospital. And I said, Raven, okay, thanks for the information, but I've got I've I've to move from here. And just, just, just as I was hanging up, someone passed by and on my windshield slapped a piece of paper. And at first I thought, I thought, uh, okay, I guess it's some advertising for something downtown because people often put, you know, s- uh, notes on people's cars. But I thought, okay, I better, I better get it off of there because, because you know, uh, just so it doesn't blow away and uh, make a mess or whatever. So I go out, I go out and get the, uh, get the, some of you already know what it is, don't you? <laughs> So I get the uh, so-called advertisement. <laughs> what color is that? <laughs> it was yellow. <laughs> and I, I got a ticket. I got a ticket for $60. I got a ticket for parking for $60. Um, now, I, um, I almost didn't tell you this story also because, because uh, we have a parking officer in our sanctuary here and 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 fortunately it wasn't him that gave me the ticket <laughs> and he would never do something unfair like this no no says the wife but uh, honestly I was like shocked I, I I picked it up I thought what did I get this for I I thought I you know I I I parked for three or four minutes because the truck was blocking the flow here, I parked there and I, I couldn't move. And so I thought, you know, and now, and now I get this ticket and, and it was only, I don't know, about a minute that I had pulled over to answer this phone. So I, I honestly, I, I'm just being honest with you. I don't, know, I don't know if I got the ticket because I was parked for three or four minutes because of the truck or if I got it because I... You know, I pulled over for a minute to answer the phone. I don't know. But the bottom line is, I felt it was unfair. Unfair. I'm going to discuss it with my, with my parking officer friend afterwards. You know, yeah, yeah. But listen, listen. I, I want you to know, I wasn't pleased, but a few hours later, a few hours later, I actually prayed for that police, for that parking officer. I can tell you, I, I prayed. I, I prayed, which is which is better than what I saw other people now doing. Yeah, I mean, when, when he when he when he placed that thing on my on my um, windshield, man, I was amazed. I was amazed how quick he was. I mean, he just he just walked by, took off, took off, and I thought, uh, who was that? Where'd he go? Then when I finally got around, got around, I heard, I heard, I heard another driver screaming at him and, and giving him all kinds of signs and wonders <laughs> because of whatever happened between that other driver and that parking officer. But anyway, I want to make sure, listen folks, okay, 
Sometimes things happen, but listen, listen, I want all of us to be loving and kind towards parking officers, okay? All right, all right, there, that's right. That's, yes, okay, there are good men and there are good women uh, doing that job. It's a thankless job. And uh, sometimes I hear on the news that, that some parking officer was mistreated or beaten up by somebody, and that's not right. That's not right. But anyway, anyway, whatever, whatever the situation might be, let's do our best to be fair, to be fair in all circumstances. And then I close with this, truth number six. Be generous towards people in need. This comes out of verse nine, which says, blessed are those who are generous because they feed the poor. Blessed are those who are generous because they feed the poor. My friends, in whatever circles you find yourself, in your family, outside of your family, at work, at school, at church, be generous towards people in need. Amen? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you. We thank you for your holy word. And I pray that you would help each one of us to practice on a regular basis, on an ongoing basis, the truths that we discover from Proverbs. Lord, may you, may you inspire each of us to have this beautiful tinge of, of, of holy reverence, holy reverence, O oh God. Let it be so. May you empower us to live out these truths. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen.